Adam's deal affected everybody because one sin brought about death. But when it came to Jesus Christ, though there were many sins stockpiled by God and much that had to be accounted for, when Jesus went to the cross, one act, one act in Adam's case brought death. One act on Jesus' case brought life. That every sin that has ever been committed by every person who's ever been alive has been dealt with at the foot of the cross. Here it comes, brand new day, but I don't of new life Your word, oh God Your word to me Making me all that I need to be Your word, oh God Means the world to me The world to me Good evening everyone My name is John McKenzie and you're listening to A Word with God and I'd encourage you to open your Bibles to Romans while we continue to go through a sermon that we have, and it's this long series that we've been going through for the last, well, a great series, Dan, not just long, a great series, uh, called <laughs> The Gospel of Jesus Christ, and I'm Not Ashamed of the Gospel. So let's get right into the message, and at the end, uh, we'll ask Dan a couple of questions on the sermon that he had. Okay, let's get at it. Even to those who had not sinned in the likeness or the offense of Adam, and this Adam, who is a type of him, who's a type of Jesus, that idea of Adam is the idea of being stamped like a coin. And they would take a, a, a small piece of metal, and they would have a big stamp, and that stamp would come down, and it would put the impression on the coin that, that, the, that the, um, the country had decided was going to go on that, on that stamp. And so Adam is a stamp. He's a He's a type. He's an imprint. Adam is an imprint of what was to come, of who was to come. In fact, it says Jesus was not there yet. Sin was present from Adam on. The law was given to define sin. And Adam and how sin entered the world was a picture of how Jesus would deal with the sin problem. So Adam is a picture. He's a type of how sin enters the world And he's also a type to understand how did Jesus deal with sin. And so he moves into that next. So we first saw that before Jesus, things were a mess, verses 12 to 14. And in first, in 15 to 17, we see Jesus is more than able to deal with the mess. Okay, one time, my parents were on holidays, and you're not going to believe this, but my friend and I were living in the house. My friend's mother had died. He'd come to live with us. And so we were maybe 17 or so. And so two 17-year-old boys, a home alone for a week. And we had a lot of friends in. It, was, it wasn't parties like drinking, because I was a Christian at that point. But we had a lot of friends in, and we were playing games. And, and the house kept getting, what do you think? Dirty. Dirtier and dirtier every every dish in the kitchen was dirty and on the sink and on the counters and and we had to work Saturday morning and my parents were coming home Saturday afternoon and and we, at Friday we decided you know what we can't do this 
We can't, it's gotten bigger than what we can, we had to hire two girls to come in who were cleaning ladies, and we had to hire them in, and so we spent a lot of money that we shouldn't have, but we had to have somebody come in and clean up the mess. God's never looking at your life saying, you know, I don't know if I can handle this or not. I don't know if I can clean this up or not. God is truly and purely able to enter your life no matter what's going on, no matter what has gone on, no matter what is going on, or whatever comes your way, God can handle it. God is not wringing his hands wondering if he can deal with the mess in your life. For God knows where you are. So he talks about these two men, verse 15. But the free gift... Talking about grace, the gift that isn't earned, but the free gift, and and here's Adam's transgression. The context is Adam's transgression and the passivity of of Adam, and and not wanting to rock the boat with his wife, and not wanting to get involved, and not risking. Grace isn't like that. God is not like that. God's grace is active. It's not passive. Four. Because if by the transgression of the one, that's Adam he's talking about, that's the passivity that Adam operated in, and the many died, all humanity, death, the companion of sin, passed to everybody. The death sentence is like a disease, and it passed on to each person born. Everybody here in your life have been under the sentence of death. So the two men, and he talks about two gifts. It's appropriate at Christmas. Paul details these two gifts much more. That, that word is, is that's, that's where McDonald's got their word to mega-size things. To mega-size. Much more. Beyond it. I like more. Do you like more? I don't like less. It's like, it's like Josh, if I came to you and I said, I said you're just doing such a good job and, and, and I like the way that you hustle at work and, and, and I know that you, you, really, you, you really, you probably feel bad about how much it's costing me to, to hire you. And, and so in honor of your good work, I want to pay you less. And, and I think you know that, uh, that probably... A 20% cut would show, I mean, I, I just know that would honor you. Are you going, like, are you nuts? I want more. I don't want less. I like more of things. I don't like less of things. I like, I like more shrimp, and I like more lobster, and I like more steak, and, 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 and less liver. Um, much more. Here's, here's something God's saying to you. There's much more did the grace of God, what's the grace of God getting what I don't deserve? Much more did the grace of God and the gift, what was the gift we learned last week? It's peace with God. The grace, grace of God brings peace with God. Much more the gift, much more the peace of God by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, That's Jesus going to a cross for you, taking the penalty of your sin, taking all that you ever deserved for every sin that you ever did and dying on a Roman cross in your place. 
Much more did the grace of God abound to the many. Adam's sin brought death. Jesus' righteousness, Jesus not being passive, but entering in, brought life to the many. Verse 16, the gift, that's grace, is not like that which was to come through the one who sinned. Adam's sin brought condemnation, but God's gift brought life. We see two outcomes. We have two men, two gifts, two outcomes for, because on the one hand, the judgment arose, the condemnation of doing wrong, the the verdict that was passed on Adam from one transgression, one sin, did it? Resulting in condemnation. That's the giving of conviction. The sentence was held. Court was held. The sentence was given. Adam was in a pickle of his own making. But, comparative, on the other hand, the free gift arose. Grace, salvation, peace with God from many transgressions. Adam's deal affected everybody because one sin brought about death. But when it came to Jesus Christ, though there were many sins stockpiled by God and much that had to be accounted for, when Jesus went to the cross, one act, one act in Adam's case brought death. One act on Jesus' case brought life. That every sin that has ever been committed by every person who's ever been alive has been dealt with at the foot of the cross. And there is now freedom and there is now hope. There is now forgiveness. There is now peace with God because of the one act of the one who is Jesus Christ who came on your behalf. Where Adam's sin brought death to many, Jesus' act of righteousness on the cross brought new life and forgiveness from sin and peace with God to whoever would put their faith and their trust in what Jesus has done for you. And that is absolutely amazing. The two outcomes. On the other hand, the free gift arose from many transgressions resulting in justification, being made right with God. Verse 74, because if by the transgression, if by sin of the one, if by the sin of Adam death reigned, death was made king, Watch the news. I don't watch the news anymore because, I mean, it's so evident that death is reigning. We saw that at the end of last week. 20-some people losing their life. And day in and day out, death reigns on our planet. And we live in a world that says that there is no sin, that truth is relative. There are no consequences. You can live as you will Just don't hurt anybody else and everything will be fine. And it isn't fine. Death is reigning. We see death all around us. Our friends are dying. Our loved ones are dying. We are dying until Jesus comes into our life and brings life. Death reigns. From the one hand, 
On the other hand, the free gift arose from many transgressions, resulting in justification for if by the transgression of the one, death reigned through the one, that's Adam, much more, supersize again, mega size. John, you married a girl who's not from Canada, right? That's correct, yes. Yeah, and she's my doctor. She's your doctor. And uh, we have a conference coming up for all those who are coming to Canada from different countries, and especially in the KW area, there is a mass of people who really were never born in Canada. Okay, and you're talking about new people, like new New to Canada. New Canadians, yeah, new Canadians. We have a special conference that's lined up for April the 19th, and the 20th, and it's going to be at Highland Baptist Church at 135 Highland Road, Kitchener West. And the theme is helping Canadians to connect with God and Canadian culture. Oh, interesting. And so we would invite anyone who has an interest in this to call us at 226-600-3126 for more information. Or you can visit us at Evangel Community Church at 112 Spadina Road West. And that's pretty close to uh, St. Mary's Hospital. Absolutely. And so the same with Highland Baptist Church. It's right around the corner from St. Mary's. Stan, can you give that, that phone number just one more time? 226-600-3126. Sounds good. I, don't you just love New York fries? No, even McDonald's, their big thing is that red thing's about that big. It's got like, but, but New York fries has this big old, it's like a honking wash tub of fries. And you put the, the malt vinegar on it and salt and a little bit of ketchup. And you're just about to go in. I saw the Hobbit the other night. I didn't get the big old tub because my wife with has spies everywhere. I got the little old tub of, 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 of French fries. And I sat and watched The Hobbit. It was just like amazing. But, but I liked more. I wanted more. Much more. It says right here. Much more. Supersized and overflowing. Those who receive. There's two things. You're going to receive here. The abundance of grace. Grace, what did we learn last week? Grace is like a big old gusher in your life. God is in your life, and he's gushing grace into your life, getting what I don't deserve. There's a lot of things you don't deserve, and I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm not picking on you this morning. She, she doesn't deserve some things either. She really doesn't. You don't deserve it. You don't deserve it. You don't deserve it. But God is gushing grace into your life every day. You breathe air in, and you take air out. You eat every, you eat every day. You eat every day. People on the planet don't eat every day. Grace is gushing into your life. And the gift of righteousness. Righteousness, not only is grace a gift to you, but God's given you righteousness. You are no longer under the hand of sin. You are no longer under the kingship of the enemy. You have a new king now, and that's Jesus Christ. He's given you abundant grace and abundant righteousness operating in and through your life, resulting. Here's the result. It'll reign in your life. God wants grace to reign in your life. God wants his peace to reign in your life. He wants his righteousness to reign in your life. We live so much like we're just kind of under the bondage of sin still. We live so much like we're at peace with God, but we've lost the battle when it comes to living for God. 
And time and time again, I meet the zombified Christian going through life, not being, what was Adam? He was passive. What's the opposite to passive? Active. God is active. Sin is passive. The enemy wants to bring passivity into your life. And how many Christians do you know walking in zombified Christian living saying, I have peace with God and I'm going to heaven, but there's hell in my life right now. God did not design that to be such. He brought freedom into your life. No, you will sin, but you are no longer under the king of sin. Your life is no longer controlled by sin. You no longer have to sin. God wants to operate in and through your life, even so through the one act of righteousness. He will reign in your life through Jesus Christ. So Jesus is more able to deal with the mess, more than able to deal with the mess. Before Jesus, things were in a mess. Thirdly, as powerful as sin was, grace will outshine it. I, I like light. Ever been out trying to get in your door and you have no porch light and you have a key and you can't really even find what key it is and you're struggling? Like, I just, I just put a new porch in the front of my house and, and Josh helped with it. How many lights are on that porch, Josh? Four. Four halogen bright light. You turn the switch, I put the dog out there and he can suntan, okay? He's a black lab to start with and he gets tanned really quick. But it's just like, I love light. Because I hate groping around in the dark. And here is some things. Grace shines greater than our condemnation. Verse 18, so then, flowing from these truths that grace and righteousness will reign in my life. As through one's transgression, that's Adam's sin, there resulted in condemnation to all men. Even so, through one act of righteousness, Jesus going to the cross to die in your place, there resulted justification of life. You are right before God. You have peace with God. It's available. It's toward all men. So the first thing, grace shines brighter than our condemnation. Number two, grace shines greater than our disobedience. Verse 19, four, because as through one man's disobedience, the many, that's all of humanity, were made sinners. They missed the mark. Remember the question, how do we know what the mark is? That's the law. That's God saying, here's the mark. Here's how to live. Jesus took it down to this, that we love God and love one another. You want to keep it real simple. There's, there's how you simplify it. The law, uh, so that even so, through the obedience of one, through the obedience of Jesus, many as all of humanity would be made righteous. The potentiality is there for every person. What Jesus did on the cross was sufficient for everyone. You cannot say, my sin is too great, my hole is too deep, things are just way too far gone. Not true. Not true. So, grace shines greater than my condemnation. Grace shines greater than our disobedience. Verse 20, grace shines greater than our transgression. The law came in, came into being, so that the transgression would increase. My awareness of, of sin. The law is there, so I'm aware of what sin is. But where sin increased, supersized again, Andrew, where sin was supersized, our awareness of that condition grew exponentially after Moses. 
We're so much more aware of what offends God now because of what Moses wrote. Grace, this is a word that goes above and beyond. Abounded all the more. This is beyond supersize. It goes beyond measure. There's no limit to God's grace and ability to work in your life. So many times we think of grace as covering sin. That's not what he's getting at here. God's grace is greater than sin. The pull of God in my life is greater than all that sin wants to do and wanted to do in the past. Grace shines greater than death. Here's the bottom line, because all of us are going to die. And just like the lady tomorrow who I will bury, one day somebody will stand by your coffin, one day someone will lower you into ground, and one day you will give account of your life. Verse 21, so that, here's purpose, as sin reigned in death, sin was king in your life and brought death, it reigned, it ruled, it played a tune and you danced to it. It called to you and you listened. It sang a tune and you danced to it. So that as sin reigned in death, Even so, notwithstanding, grace would reign, grace would be king through righteousness. What is the agent of grace in your life? It's the agency of righteousness. God wants to use his grace in your life to unleash righteousness in your life, that you would live for your creator, you would live for your maker, he would change your life and who you are, that your life would not be the same, that you would leave the world of zombified Christian living and enter into passionate, active, engaged living for Jesus Christ that does not go through motions, that is not just same old, same old Christianity, but that is empowered by the Holy Spirit, that your workplace would be transformed, that your school would be transformed, that your church would be transformed, that your families would be transformed. And some of you may be sitting there and go, that's nice to talk about, but I don't really believe it can happen in my life. And that is where the enemy has you. And he holds you. And the power of God wants to work in your life to bring freedom. That's why in January we are going to spend 30 days praying and fasting before God. 30 days and six nights. And six nights that will transform your life forever. Six nights that will go through the word of God and will define for you how to find freedom and to break free from the mindset that I cannot help but sin. Because God has something greater for you. God has something more powerful. God wants to use you to transform everything around you. You are lulled into sleep and to death by the enemy. And God wants to set you free for righteousness and good work in the kingdom of God. Because in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, everything that you have will be gone. And as the lid closes on the box and they drop the box in the ground, it will not matter what job you had, how much money you had, what car you drove, whatever you did for this flesh and this earth, but now it becomes an eternal thing. 
And what did I do for God? And how did I live for God? And did God have control of my heart? That is the question. Jesus wants to reign in your life. Here's three thoughts. There's no mess in your life that's too big for God to take care of. That's a lie of the enemy. He will tell you it's too big. I'm too far gone. God must hate me. God's never heard of this sin. No one can get free from this sin in in their life. Either that or he'll play the other side of the card and say, well, I just just need a little fix up here. I, I can do that. When I get fixed up, I can come to God then. No, not true. Only a holy God can save you. Only a holy God can change your life. You don't need a makeover. You need a major renovation of the heart. Secondly, the Holy Spirit is committed to cleaning up the mess and exposing the dust bunnies. You know, we like to think that we have dust bunnies, and Lori and I have this going on all the time. Like She's just like got the vacuum out. I have a Labrador hairless now because she's vacuumed the dog so much. She's just about out of hair. And she doesn't like dust bunnies. And, and my idea is, like I just told you before, I like to turn the lights down. That takes care of the dust bunnies. The problem is, is you don't have dust bunnies. Remember we talked in the beginning about the pile of garbage with the dirty diapers? Our hearts are three-month-old, dirty, fermenting diapers. In fact, Isaiah says it's even worse than diapers. Before God, we do not have a dust bunny problem. You do not have a dust bunny problem. It goes deeper than that. It has far more reaching than that. Your heart before Jesus is a stench to a holy God. And God wants to clean that stench. He wants to make it fragrant. He wants, it's like, like I, I got points this week. We have been dating for 38 years. And I bought her two dozen of roses and sent it to work. And, and, and so, do you know what? They smell beautiful. They do not smell like fermented dirty diapers. God wants to create a fragrance in your life through Jesus Christ and a change of heart. And he wants to take the old garbage away and he wants to bring healing and health and newness of life. And he does that through the Holy Spirit. He does that through his word. He does that through the influence of those around you and the body. And finally, grace will outshine your circumstances and give you a life that right now In your present condition, you can't even imagine the freedom that God has for you. God loves you. He did not design you to live in bondage. He did not design you to live in chains. He designed you to be a powerful agent for him in changing the world. Okay, so Stan, let me make sure I've got this pretty straight. Um, so because one man, Adam, sinned... Right, we not all Eve. Have, we all have sin. What's that? Not Eve, Adam. <laughs> Good clarification. Okay, okay. Yeah, thank you. Well, you know how many guys kind of like point their finger at their wife and say like, like you're the problem? <laughs> it's just a really a dumb... First of all, it's dumb. And then secondly, it's not theologically accurate. It's very true. Men, yes. Women, great, yes. Yeah. Uh, so, the, but going back to that, so sin entered the world, yes. and then because of Jesus coming in and indwelling in human body, okay. uh, sinful nature in us can be killed. Right, because there was no sinful nature in him. 
He came, he lived a perfect life, never sinned, therefore did not have to pay for his own sin, Mm -hmm. then was able to take Adam's place, take Adam's sin upon him, deal with the sin problem right at the source, and now we enjoy that that relationship with God, when we put our faith and trust in Jesus, we now have a new nature given to us, and that's the nature of Jesus. As long as we make that choice. Yes. Sounds good. All right, well, that'll be a a head-scratcher for the rest of the week for people just to kind of ponder on, I think. Uh, Thanks for everyone joining us this evening. And again, we're going to continue going through the book of Romans next week. We're going through the entire book, literally verse by verse. So it's it's a real treat that we have going through this. And I'd encourage you to join us next week as well. And remember, don't end your day without a word with God. Here it comes a brand new day, but I don't know what will come my way. Rise or fall, your love will see me through it all. Opportunity and challenge like your word directs me to what's right and spurs me on right through the fight. The promise of new